0: going to be in Luke uh, chapter 2 tonight and Matthew chapter 1. I know it's the Sunday after Christmas, and this is kind of always kind of a weird Sunday because it's not quite New Year, New You time yet, but the Christmas season is kind of wrapping up on us. But I I really feel led tonight to uh, bring a message that I have called the makeup of a just man. I want to look at, in particular tonight, uh, Joseph. And, you know, we don't have... Biblically speaking, we don't have a ton of passages on the earthly or the foster father of Jesus. But I think what we do have is really telling. And I don't have time to cover uh, every single scene that mentions Joseph. But I do want to look at a few scenes here from Matthew chapter 1 and also Luke chapter 2 that I think we can learn uh, something about this man and something that we can make application, certainly. To our own Christian lives, and so uh, that's my desire tonight. And, and, and here in our text, we're going to start in Matthew chapter one uh, tonight. Matthew chapter one and verse nineteen. If you'll go there with me in your Bible, uh, of course, this is the one well, of the traditional passage of the Christmas story. And outside of the Christmas story narrative, we have basically nothing except for that twelve-year-old scene of Jesus when it when it mentions you know Joseph uh, anywhere in the midst, and so. Uh, there's a lot of debate about as to why that is, and that's not the purpose of this sermon. Uh, but what we do have is very important. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 1 here. Uh, I'm just going to read to you one verse, and I'm going to go from there and try to give some information and build a little bit of foundation about Joseph and then try to give to you one just one character trait that I find that's very telling. Not just of Joseph, also of Mary, but I'm going to really be looking from the perspective of Joseph And, of course, her life will come into his life as they're married uh, in in one flesh. And so what affects him certainly affects her. And what affects her certainly affects him uh, inside of that marriage relationship. But let's look at Matthew chapter 1 uh, in verse 19. The Bible says this, Then Joseph, her husband. Notice this next phrase here in verse 19. Being a just man. Being a just man. And not willing to make her, to make Mary a public example. Don't want to cause her shame. He says, I want to, it was minded or at least thought initially to put her away privily. At this point here in the story, Mary, of course, has already been told that she's going to bring forth uh, the Messiah, Jesus. And she was to name him Jesus. Joseph, because of that pregnancy... Uh, had to make a decision, you know. It, 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 again, they're a spouse to each other; they're basically married in all points of the law, and so now she's pregnant, and he knows it's not his child, and he has a decision to make. Uh, do what do I do in light of what I've learned? Uh, you know, uh, Joseph realizing it's not his child, and that they have not officially consummated the marriage; they are betrothed to each other. They're a little stronger than engagement, but the idea of engagement, but much stronger than that in first century Israel. Joseph finds himself in a difficult spot. I mean, here he is. He's betrothed to this woman. He is uh, getting close to, but taking her as his wife and consummating the marriage. And just before that happens, she gives the news. Joseph, I'm pregnant. And of course, she tells him what's happened. And of course, he has to process this, and I'm sure wanting to believe Mary's story about the angel and about the conception of the Holy Spirit and that God had chosen her to bring forth the the God-child, the God-man, Jesus, and wanting to believe that, but yet at the same time realizing that is very far-fetched and really kind of unbelievable, not only to him, but society as a whole. And you've got to realize that Man, shame is a big deal in first century Israel. Shame is a big deal anytime, time, but certainly it's a big deal here in this story. And what Joseph did face, what Joseph, or, or when you think about this story, what did Joseph face in light of his espoused wife's uh, pregnancy? Well, shame that others would look down upon him and upon her certainly, but also upon him for staying with her, right? That there would be ridicule. But also, that Joseph would have some type of uh, uh, lack of loyalty to God's law. That Deuteronomy chapter twenty-four and verse one says, "When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it came to pass that she find no favor in his hi- in his eyes because he has some uncleanness in her." So, man, Joseph, this is the situation, right? He's espoused to Mary, and now we see that. It's been known to him she's pregnant and it's not his child. He knows it's not his child. What does Deuteronomy 24, 1 say to do? It gives him the chance. Then let him write her a bill of divorcement. So certainly Joseph is, is thinking through all these things that I don't want to ruin her life. I mean, I, you know, he certainly was growing to love Mary in this betrothal period. And he knew that Mary was a good woman, a godly woman, a woman of high favor. That's what God said she was. And so Joseph's trying to work through all this. And in the midst of all that, verse 19, we see a little line about Joseph's character. That Joseph being a just man. What we do know about Joseph is not a whole lot, but what we do know, it is something that's going to help us learn who we ought to be in Christ. Because I believe what we do know about Joseph and his character, what, one of the traits that we can pull out tonight in this message and in this thought as we're going to look at his life, I think will move us forward to Christ-likeness, no doubt. Eugene Robinson says this, that Christians, Christians we, we trample a well-worn path. And then he says, obedience has a history. So you're not the first one tonight, you're not the first one to face Difficult circumstances and situations. You're not the first one to have a hard year. You're not the first one to have to go through a trial. You're not the first one to have to do some things that doesn't always make sense. I mean, this thing has been... Our path is well worn. Our sanctification in Christ is furthered by the obedience of saints who have risen above social norms and social pressures and cultural norms and cultural pressures and chosen... To obey Christ. And I think it's what we see in Joseph's life. Again, Joseph, her husband, being a just man. What does that mean? What does the Bible mean when it says Joseph is a just man? I mean, another word for just is the word righteous. It's almost like Joseph being a righteous man. Man. John Phillips says this about this phrase here in M- Matthew chapter one. The idea behind the expression is that Joseph was a man who wanted to do the right thing. He desired to obey God's word and word, such as in dreams, at all cost. Man, I'm telling you, church, it cost Joseph a lot. It cost Mary a lot to obey God. But man, they did it anyways. Right? And so we see here there was nothing crooked or devious about him, John Phillips says. And here's the last line. And this is something that's so important. I think it's just so true that we've got to have as believers in Christ and what God is wanting to develop in us, God could depend upon him. God saw his character. He said, that man is a righteous man. He's trustworthy. He is not devious. He is not and so the question for us, what makes up a just man, right? What, if, if I'm going to be in the eyes of God, a righteous man, the first thing I got to do is obviously I've got to be saved, right? There's none righteous, no, not one, that we Jesus came to die for sinners of, who I'm, who, of whom I'm chief. And so before I, before I think that anything righteous comes out of me, Christ has to transform me. But then after I am just and I am righteous, what character traits? should be found in my life, if that's true. Well, let me just give you one tonight that I see here in this story, in this passage, in the life of Joseph. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 to kind of flesh this out a little bit. But I think that character trait that stands out in the life of Joseph and Mary, really both of them together here, is a journey on this walk of faith that God's taken them on. I believe the character trait that jumps out is perseverance. Perseverance. Man, the word perseverance has its root in the Latin word for persevere, which means to continue steadfastly or to persist. The etymology of the word persevere is really interesting. It actually comes from two words in Latin. One, per, meaning very, right? So perseverance or persist. And the other, severus, meaning strict. The idea of persevere is very strict highly disciplined so the connotation of the word that we see of perseverance in our day is to persist in a methodical way in a disciplined way in a very strict way despite the obstacles of, or the distractions or the discouragements or the trials i mean these things are going to happen but the but the saints of god we're called to perseverance And in light of this understanding of perseverance, I can't think of a more Christian idea that you and I, we are to persist with strict discipline, that we are to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Isn't that what Hebrews tells us? Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus The author and the finisher of our faith, taking our eyes off all the distractions, off all the trials, and focusing and fixating our eyes on Christ and persevering in that trial. That's what Joseph and Mary had to do. Right here in this situation, in this story, in Luke chapter 2, we find Matthew chapter 1, we find two young individuals, much younger than most of us listening to this video right now, who are willing to persevere. Man, to very strictly follow God. Man, to have, a, to have an adherence to God in spite of the obstacles, in spite of what it was going to cost them. Luke chapter 1, look at it with me. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I mean, Joseph didn't choose that. Mary didn't choose that. God in his sovereignty allowed that to happen. That was going to bring about some trial. That was going to bring about some trouble and some some very uncomfortable situations. Here's a a man's wife, great with child, going to have to travel 70 to 80 miles by donkey or by foot or whatever it may have been. We're not exactly sure what it may have been. Mostly maybe a donkey. I mean, I don't don't like riding a donkey around, around the circle at the fair. I'm telling you, it's a long ways to go. 60, 70, 80 miles south through some tough country. Because of taxing. And you thought you didn't like taxes. All the world was to be taxed. They had to go and sign that census. And verse 4, it says, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. I and mean, you, know, I'm telling you, the perseverance is, I mean, very practical here in this passage. Verse 6, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. I mean, she's away from her home. She's away from what they had made as a comfortable place the best they could in Nazareth. Now they're away in Bethlehem, and they got no room in the inn. You know the story. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. So where do we see perseverance in these verses here? Well, obviously, first of all, the journey. Again, the Romans, they wanted their money. They wanted their taxes. They wanted wanted their world counted, so to speak. And so everybody had to pay the tax. So they had to get a good census on who was where and how much they owed. And that led these young people to travel to Bethlehem. Could have taken them anywhere from three to ten days based upon conditions and based upon how far they could travel with Mary's situation. I mean, this was not an easy situation. It required perseverance. Man, God had brought them into this situation, and sometimes in our lives, God is going to bring us into situations that are very difficult, church. Man, you've not called, you, you are not called to a life of ease. You're called to be a soldier, you're called to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, as Paul puts it. Second, the journey brings him to a city that is swell with people. There's no place for them. They go to this inn and Many Bible scholars believe it was a kind of a famous inn and that Jeremiah had spent a nightmare, And it kind of had a name. And they go there looking for a room. Of course, there's no room. So they offer them a cave-like structure for cattle. And Joseph, doing the best he can, uses his trade as a carpenter to make a stable structure for his wife and to try to protect her from the elements and try to protect her child or their child coming into this world from the elements. And this newborn baby, Jesus, is brought into this world and put into a feeding trough, a manger. And then we see the the perseverance and the fact that, the man, they gave the best they had to offer. They They didn't have a lot. I mean, the Bible says that she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. That word swaddling that Luke uses here, he's a doctor, so his medical terminology comes out. It's actually the idea of bandages. Man, That they, they took bandages. They took something that would be used to wrap up wounds. And they wrapped this newborn child. Of course, man, we as followers of Jesus, some 2,000 years later, that makes us rejoice. We see it even, even in the very birth of Jesus. That medical term that Luke uses hints at his death, that he came. He came to be bandaged and wounded for your transgressions and my transgressions. But man, here, looking from Mary and Joseph's perspective, they're doing the best they can. They're persevering. They're trying to believe God that he's in this thing, that, that he's the one who the angel came and told them all these things are going to happen. And they're they're trying to persevere. They're trying to strictly adhere to what the situation that God has put them into. Man, the earthly parents of our Lord are doing all they can to persevere in this trial. And then amazingly, suddenly, out of nowhere, these uh, poor, smelly Jewish men show up who are shepherds. Out of nowhere. I mean, here the the animals possibly were around. I mean, we don't know exactly how many or what kind of animals. It's it's believably there could be cattle and maybe some camels and different things around. And It's smelly and it's already in a bad situation. But who shows up in the middle of the night to welcome this birth? of this child, but a bunch of Jewish men that were shepherds. Not wealthy, not educated, not bathed. (laughs) They come excited with wonder and amazement. And they share all that the angels told them. And they saw, I can just hear them just bubbling with excitement, saying, man, you're not going to believe it. A heavenly host busted and they began to sing. And man, I'm telling you, this child's special. Mary and Joseph, we don't know you, but I'm telling you who you're holding is special. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, look at verse 16, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Just two, just two people who are persevering, who are just trying to do what's right. Remember the Bible, the Bible says Joseph was a just man, trying to cut things straight. He's a man that God could depend upon. And here he is in the, in a cave-like structure, all by his lonesome with a bunch of animals, and these shepherds show up and begin to sing the praises, and it's like sometimes, guys, listen to me, church, sometimes in the middle of your trial, God will drop a blessing in your lap. It may not be anything huge, but it's enough just to keep you going, isn't it? Those two young kids, I mean, in our day, Robin, for, our, for our perspective, two young adults, they needed that. They needed those shepherds to come. And yes, it was the heap praise on Jesus, but also there was that side benefit, man, that everything is for his glory and our good. And I'm telling you, Mary and Joseph, the Bible says they took and they pondered those things in their hearts. Mary they never forgot it. She never forgot what she saw that night with the shepherds. No doubt it impacted Joseph in much the same way. And sometimes, many times in your perseverance, in difficult days and difficult seasons, in lonely times, God's going to drop a handful of purpose, on purpose, right in your lap. When I think about that, I think back to Joseph's ancestral grandmother. I think about Ruth. Remember that? Remember that Old Testament narrative? Ruth loses her husband. She's a Moabite. She wants to join the nation of Israel. Let her. Let their God be her God. And she decides, "Hey, I'm going to come in." And 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 then you you know the story, right? She's out in that field, and she's she's trying to glean. But she's not good at that. She's a Moabite. And no doubt, first century, or no doubt that ancient Israel was not kind to that. But Boaz showed up, didn't he? And he told his men, Ruth chapter 2 and verse 16, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. He said, that Moabite woman, you make sure. She's doing the best she can to persevere and provide for her and Naomi. You make sure that you drop some some handfuls on purpose for her to glean. Don't don't leave her out. And I'm just telling you, church tonight, I'm telling you, follower of Jesus, you listen to me. There's going to be some dark nights. Some of you are in that season right now. Some of you have come out of that season. Some of you get getting ready to go into it. You don't even know what next year holds. I'm telling you, though, that God honors perseverance. He honors sticking to him and believing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he did that for Mary and Joseph. The fourth thing we see here is perseverance in this in this passage, is Mary and Joseph eight days after Jesus' birth? They go to offer their offering to give an offering for the child, and they don't—they don't have the money to buy a lamb. They do the best they can. When the Bible says that they they offer, verse twenty-four, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, that was the offering of a poor family, and that's all they had, though. But listen again, their obedience to God—it didn't—it didn't heighten their wealth; it lessened it. They may have even been kind of outcast in, in first century Israel and pushed out. Man, you know, this lady's pregnant, and you know, you know, that that wasn't right what you did. And of course, Joseph probably kept it to himself and acted like it was his child. We don't know the whole story around that. But I'm telling you, there was a lot of shame and ridicule that came his way and her way because of it. And I'm guarantee you, it put them in a hard situation. But here in this scene, as they're offering. The turtle doves are the two young pigeons. God sends another handful on purpose, doesn't he? Look at verse 25. I want to read to you several verses. Keep your Bible open. Verse 25, Luke chapter 2, and we're done. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. Man, we've seen that before, haven't we? Waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it revealed unto to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Man, here's a Spirit-filled, God-filled man. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, they're there just to give their offering, just persevering, just obeying God. Look what God does. Then he took him up. Simeon takes up this child, Jesus, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation. Man, I bet his parents were, whoa, what did he just say? Man, here's a God-filled man. Simeon, he's not just some come-fly-by-night prophet. Here's a God-filled, Holy Spirit-filled, governed man. And he holds his child up, says, I'm ready to go, Lord. I've seen your salvation. Verse 31, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. And notice verse 33. Here's that handful on purpose. And Joseph and his mother Mary, and His mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. In verse 34, the Bible says, Simeon turns and he blessed them and said unto his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and a sign which shall be spoken against. Man, I'm telling you, faith church, Christian listening at home, I'm telling you, perseverance is not easy. I'm not going to pretend like it is. If you think Joseph and Mary had it easy, you have not read your Bible. If you think the men of God, the Daniels and the Davids, and you think the Hebrew boys, and you think Moses, and you think the men of God, Abraham, if you think Jacob, if you think Joseph and Egypt, if you think they had it easy, Job... You have not read your Bible. If you think the apostle Paul had it easy, you have not read the letter to the Corinthians detailing the mess that God that his life went through, but yet he persevered. What did he tell Timothy? In their hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. To ask you a question. Why did Mary and Joseph get to marvel at the shepherds and Simeon? I'll tell you why. They persevered to obey in spite of the obstacles that stood in their way. Can I say it to you this way? God gave evidence of his favor in Joseph's perseverance. God gave evidence of his favor in Mary's perseverance. And I want you to hear me. In your perseverance, there will be times, there will be days, there will be moments where God is going to give evidence of his favor upon your life. But it takes perseverance to find that favor, to find that handful on purpose. And there's going to be many days you're going to go to the field. There's not going to be much to glean. There's going to be many days where you're going to go to the well. There's not going to be much water there. There's going to be many days where you are going to serve God. And it may feel dry, but I'm telling you, press on, Christian. Man, be very strict in your adherence to God. Follow, follow, follow Follow him. I'll leave you with this quote, and I'm done. Paul David Tripp says this, By grace, God works in the situations, locations, and relationships of our, of our everyday lives to craft, hammer, bend, and mold us into the people who build life based on the radical belief, boy, it's radical to many around us, that he really does exist. And he really does reward those who diligently seek him. I say to you tonight in closing, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. You have got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You going to persevere tonight? Look, I, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know your struggle. I don't know your problem. I don't know your situation. I don't know the sin you're dealing with. I don't know the relational conflict you're in. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what your job status is. I'm telling you, but I'm talking to people who are hurting. You're looking at a guy that is hurting. And I don't get it all figured out. But what I do have figured out is that God does reward those who seek him. And I beg you, and I'm asking you to join with me and pray daily for yourself and for others in this local body that we persevere. That it can be said of us, Joseph being a just man. That it could be said of us, Chris, being a just man. That perseverance would be in our makeup. Lord, tonight, I pray you solidify in our spirits, God out of a spirit of humility, a deep desire to persevere. And I know, Lord, there are uncertain situations. There are difficult situations. There are grief-stricken situations. There are what seems to be insurmountable situations. Joseph and Mary didn't choose this, Lord. You chose it for them. And I, I tonight I'm praying for men and women who are in situations they didn't necessarily choose. But yet, God, you want them to persevere through it. I'm asking you, I'm begging you. Would you drop a handful on purpose for them this week? Would you solidify in their spirit that you see them, that you're aware of their faith, and that you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.